Pediatrician is a podcast of the Alabama chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics, designed to bring the latest news and updates in child health to pediatricians across Alabama. We'll be covering a range of topics from advocacy and practice management to mental health and injury prevention and everything in between. So whether you're a pediatrician in Birmingham or Mobile, in Pine Level or Slap Out, this podcast is for you. Welcome back to the Alabama Pediatrician Podcast. I'm your host today, Dr. Kim Middleton, Area 1 representative of the Alabama chapter of the AAP. This summer has been full of debilitating storms that have wreaked havoc on our state, which has led us to wonder, what do we do when disaster strikes in our community? Today we have joining us Dr. Wes Doublefield, a previous community pediatrician in Florence, Alabama, a prior Alabama chapter president, and he has since become district medical officer of the Alabama Department of Public Health and was recently selected as a public health and primary care leadership institute fellow at Emory University. Welcome, Dr. Subblefield. So good to be here and talk to you. So today um, we're talking about disaster preparedness. So how did you get involved with this? So my mentor and boss, Dr. Karen Landers, for many years was the medical consultant for the emergency preparedness division of ADPH. Um, the Department of Public Health has a Center for Emergency Preparedness that uh, not only keeps equipment and stock in the Montgomery area, but also helps to, uh, to train and to help organize when disasters strike, along with our other agencies, our emergency management agencies, county and state, um, and with our local, other local health care authorities, where we all work together to, um, to make well, disaster planning in general, but, and keeping in mind pediatrics. So Dr. Landers, when she was promoted to chief medical officer, um, she asked me if I would be willing to take over the, uh, the medical advisory role to the Center for Emergency Preparedness, uh, particularly with my background as a pediatrician. Awesome. I was listening to your talk on disaster preparedness the other day, and one of the speakers who is a parent mentioned a lot of things that I took for granted that families have to troubleshoot during emergencies, especially for complex children. Things like what if the electric wheelchair won't work and the child is too big for the family to carry or vents or shunts if the power is out and there's no generator. What resources do you do you recommend for families and medical providers of these patients to help in preparations? So it was uh, hearing uh, Renee talk about her child and, and her being an advanced practice provider and seeing children with with particular healthcare needs that span that span the spectrum um, of of those needs. It was very interesting to hear her talk about her particular challenges with her her child particularly, but other children generally. Um, one thing that that we always want, and one reason that we did the webinar was so that pediatricians could be begin to start talking to their families about how plans should be made and how they can make those plans and what those plans might entail. So preparation is obviously the first step. The second step is notifying your local utility department that um, that you have uh, you have a technology dependent person, which puts you on a priority list for uh, for for power restoration. But as as many times when when it, uh, power lines are down, that only can mean so much, and so that's why emergency planning is so important. Um, other things that people should look into is is how they might 
be able to have a bit of extra medication in case they did have to evacuate, making sure that they have a go bag if, if they can if they can get additional batteries for their equipment. Um, and then also talking to their um, to their local their local uh, healthcare coalitions, the pediatricians talking to the coalitions about what would um, what would it be like and, and what do their what do their families need and how can their families get in touch with whatever shelters may be set up and, and what those shelters may be able to handle. Okay. Can you talk more about the jumpstart triage algorithm? Sure. So, um, so one thing that we talked about, and I would encourage everyone that's listening, if you haven't been able to get to the website and listen to the webinar, I would highly encourage you to do that. Uh, one of the one of the speakers was a pediatrician, uh, Dr. Matt Carter from the Pete's Clinic in Opelika, who, um, because of his extensive military training and deployment into Afghanistan, um, he had he had extensive triage, combat triage experience. Um, this is something that many pediatricians uh, may not have because they may not have military training or any sort of um, any sort of uh, triage training outside of maybe outside of residency. So, um, so what we we talked about on the webinar was how important it is that you understand the language of tr of triage in a, in a mass casualty situation. Um, these there are algorithms. The jumpstart triage is one of them, but it's one that uh, has been used in many different children's hospitals and in other mass casualty situations. So that if you are called to help in a mass, mass casualty, even if it is in a relatively small town with a local hospital, that you can communicate with your, um, with your colleagues that are, in, that are in other types of triage, whether that be EMS or intensive care um, or even your local EMA officials. So, so familiarizing yourself with one of these, which are freely available um, on the internet, is, I think is very important. Thank you. You mentioned the Mass Disaster Program, which all I can think of is an episode of Parks and Rec when they do their um, mass disaster planning. Um, but how often are there drills and how can a pediatrician get involved? So the drills, it depends on the region. So the, the Alabama is, is um, divided into public health, uh, healthcare coalition regions that coincide with the public health districts. Um, and so you, you can find those on our website at the Center for Emergency Preparedness. Um, but in general, they mirror the public health uh, districts, except for the Northern District, which is actually uh, placed into two diff different healthcare coalitions because of the way the hospitals are arranged in that area. Um, so the first thing I would recommend people do is to get to know the person in their healthcare coalition that works usually in their local public health office. Um, and those can be found on the website. Uh, they have numbers and emails. And, um, and these healthcare coalitions, because they're funded by FEMA, um, along with other agencies, are required to do peds-focused drills on a regular basis. I'm not sure what that what that regular schedule is, but volunteering yourself to be involved is very important. I was able to be involved as a, as an observer in a mass casualty. It was is actually an active shooter drill um, that we held with with um, we had college students that were pretending to be. Uh, high school students, and they, it was the response of the police and fire and EMS to come in and how they would do that and how people would be triaged and, and moved. And it was uh, it was extremely enlightening. So I, I would definitely encourage people to do that. Mm -hmm. Can you, I guess, elaborate more on what the Alabama Healthcare Coalitions are? So these are groups. Um, they're they're led by an individual um, is the coordinator, and that, that's that's the contact person. Um, but they're arranged through the um, Center for Disaster Healthcare Preparedness at University of South Alabama, 
Um, these are local groups. So uh, in, in this region where I live in the Shoals, we have the, the sort of the counties around the Shoals. And then in the other part of the Northern districts, it's, it's the counties around Huntsville and obviously the Huntsville hospital system. Um, the healthcare coalitions meet uh, regularly. They usually meet on a quarterly basis. Uh, they're comprised of their members are usually that attend the meetings are going to be fire, um, EMA offices, any of the county EMA officers, or potentially even the local EMA director. We also, that's emergency management agency. That's Alabama's emergency management agency. Um, there's also uh, nursing homes that are represented because nursing homes can, can be face uh, tremendous challenges during disasters. We saw that during Katrina. Um, we also have um, EMS companies. We have hospital representatives. We have, um, it's, a, it's a variety of individuals and they, they get together to share knowledge, but they also get together to understand and meet each other so that when a disaster happens, they can communicate uh, readily through, through online platforms that are facilitated by the Healthcare Coalition Manager. That's pretty awesome that we have that and it's um, a very diverse group of people. Mm -hmm. I understand you're going to a disaster preparedness conference this week. What all do you think they'll be covering? So I'm not sure. This um, this is program is a pe it's pediatric disaster preparedness for the healthcare professional. It's being held uh, tomorrow and Thursday, two eight hour days at uh, the Bradley Le Lecture Center at Children's. Um, this course, particular course, is facilitated by Baylor Children's Hospital, which is a, a which is part of a group, and it's the it's the home of the group called G7, which is the Gulf Seven, and it's seven states that make up a pediatric disaster coalition and a center of excellence. And so they're putting this on at, at UAB and UAB is one of the, is one of the participating sites um, and UAB children's so that we can, uh, so we can, we can have these spread from state to state and, and educate pediatricians and other pediatric providers about pediatric disaster preparedness and what that looks like for their particular situation, whether that be in a large hospital system or in, in a local or regional level. Um, we, we hope to bring something like this, uh, maybe in a shortened form, to one of our upcoming C CME meetings, maybe with a brief tabletop facilitated by a local expert, um, potentially maybe from even from Texas. So um, so be looking, looking forward to that maybe over the next few meetings. Awesome. Sounds like we'll have to have you back so you can share with us what you uh, learned from the conference. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add concerning emergency and disaster preparedness? So the thing that I wanted people to do is, is if you if you have a second, um, I think it would be worthwhile to go and listen to the recording. Um, the, our speakers uh, that we had, our guest speakers were fantastic. We talked about we had a parent advocate who's also an advanced practice provider, uh, a pediatrician leader from the University of South Alabama uh, Children's and Women's Hospital talk about um, hospital system preparedness. And then we had a local pediatrician talk about uh, a role that he served during a disaster in, in less learned. We want individual pediatricians not only to talk to their families about, about disaster preparedness, but also get involved in your medical exec committees. Um, talk to your local emergency room doctors. Uh, get to know your local EMA office. Uh, get to know your 911 call center, which they're usually very closely linked. Um, and talk a little, get to know those people and talk what it's like, what it would be like if, if pediatric care was interrupted in your community. And then on that same website that's hosted by the chapter, and this this information is on the Alabama chapter website at alabamaap.org or alaap.org. Um, 
the uh, there are many many resources that link to trainings, uh, the centers of excellence, to the emergency management agency, to our uh, center for disaster preparedness. Um, all of those links can be found on the website, and I think they'd be worth your worth your time to go through, and uh, and maybe participate in some in person learning events that are hosted in the state and generally are are free. And for those listening, we'll share those links on our uh, episode blurb as well. Um, oh, I did have another question, Dr. Stubblefield. You know, a lot of these phone companies have like the responder phone line. Do you recommend pediatricians be on that? Or you think just if they're in the um, like hospital or emergency setting or uh, part of the disaster? I don't know much about that. You know, um the, um, you know, I'm not sure what, what pediatricians can have access to. Um, you know, I know that in mass disaster situations, sometimes it takes out all, you know, all forms of communication and, and, and communication may go back to something as simple as two-way radios or even amateur radio. Um, that can, that can happen in some cases. And usually that's done through either the EMA offices, the public health offices, the hospitals, um, uh, fire and police and rescue that, that have access to those. So, um, so I think it'd be, it'd be helpful if you were to talk to your local EMA director, um, or your County EMA director, talk to them about what, what resources there are. Are there, are there, um, online lists they can get into in terms of, uh, notifications, um, is, is there anything else that they, they can help out with their, um, with their, in their local county and receive information about potentially impending disasters? Okay. Well, as we wrap up today, we like to end each podcast with a one-line take-home point. What would yours be? Um, my one line would be that kids obviously are important to consider in a disaster, the best, the best thing that we can do is start to think about how this integrates into our, um, our families, our practices, into our communities to make Alabama a safe, um, and, um, a safe place for children to, to live and thrive. Goodness said it better. Thank you again, Dr. Subblefield, for joining us today and sharing about disaster preparedness for pediatrics. And then thank you to everyone joining us as well. And check out the episode blurb for the links uh, that we discussed today. Thank you. Thank you.